This is Thrive Perspectives, an ever-growing discussion about the issues that shape our lives with your guides, Dr. Matthew Jacoby and DJ Payne. All right, here we go. I don't know how to start this one, Matt. <laughs> that is very unusual. I usually have some. Oh, some you've always got something. I know. I you've usually, always got something. I've always got something, but I don't uh, yeah. have anything on this one. Yeah. This, this Some uh, trivial little thing. <laughs> I'm just here. Yeah, we just get into it, DJ. Well, There's I, always... <laughs> Say so, Matt, been on holidays or it's New Year's yeah, or yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm glad my work in the background makes it, you know, you appreciate all of that. Well, your wishes your wish is my command for this one because I haven't got anything to sort of ease, ease mm. us into it because we've decided to ta- tackle a topic today on Thrive Perspectives that for some is really controversial and is really been a point of contention in the church i think we we we're, we're going to we're going to approach the work of the holy spirit spiritual gifts the baptism of the holy spirit what the holy yeah. spirit does and this is sort of like a sister episode to what we've been talking about in thrive deeper going through the book of acts as we all are going through the book of acts a lot of questions about the holy spirit come up yeah i i it's funny i I always feel a bit resistant to calling it a controversial issue because it's one, it's the most wonderful thing. Yeah. Uh, it's you know it's the most wonderful gift. This is the new covenant. This is um, uh, it's such a tragedy that something could become controversial. Uh, I mean, but isn't it always the case that it's the best things that yeah. can become clouded in controversy? Yeah. Um, but hopefully we can clear away some clouds. I, I hope so, and I'm not saying it's controver- controversial, you know, because it should be. I'm, I'm, just, I'm not trying yeah, to judge yeah, it. It's not a yeah, judgment yeah. call on me. Uh, it's more of a statement of of how uh, the church has approached this topic, mm. uh, and not just the church. You know, scholars and other people mm. looking into it. The work and the person of the Holy Spirit is a controversial thing for some people. But I agree with you mm. wholeheartedly. It's sad, and the reason why it is controversial because it's an attack of the enemy. Mm. Because the work of the Holy Spirit is central That's to right. what the church is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, and also, you know, I think it's there's a confronting aspect because we can, you know, talk about uh, the person and work of Christ, and and that 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 can sort of remain in the abstract, you know, yeah. because this is Jesus <laughs> lived along, to, and that's for you know. But when you talk about the Holy Spirit, this is actually, uh, you know, we're, we're actually talking about. Uh, in a sense, the work we're, we're talking about something that happens or should happen within us, yeah, and uh, and so that can, it gets a bit personal. That that becomes more personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and this, you know, we, you know, we, and again, we're not going to go into this. Is a, not a um, a theological study of mm. the third person in the in the in the triune Godhead, isn't it? I, I <laughs> <laughs> well, if you hey, if you want to go there, no, I'm, I'm no, all in. I'm I all think in. We did do a episode on the Trinity, I yeah. think, at one stage, didn't we? Uh, may, uh, may, maybe it's something we have to oh, go man. back to doing. We've again. been doing this for too long. We've forgotten. <laughs> we've forgotten what we've done. Well, uh, so uh, out of, out of the out of the Book of Acts that we've been going through a thrive deeper, obviously we are introduced to what Jesus has promised us all throughout the Gospels that what he has to go so that he can send the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will be his power mm. enabling this new thing of mm. the church. That's right. And, yeah. and 2,000 years later, 
we're 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 yeah, part of right. that. We are yeah. you know part good. of good. So of let's that give a little bit of background uh, to that. I think uh, that that is a good place to start. So throughout the Old Testament, particularly in the prophecies, yes, there there are these forward predictions looking to a new age, a messianic age. Yes, um, and one of the key characteristics uh, of that age is uh, is as it says in Isaiah forty four, for I will pour water on thirsty land streams. On a dry ground, I will pour out my spirit on your offspring. Yeah. Uh, it says in J- Jeremiah uh, 31, uh, talks about a, that in that time, God will make a new covenant. Um, and it says, uh, so Jeremiah 31 verse 33, this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. So looking forward to a new covenant. After that time, declares the Lord, I'll put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. Yeah. Uh, I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will a man teach his neighbor or his, or his brother saying, know the Lord, because they will all know me. It's not invalidating teaching as such. Yes, yes, yes. What it's saying is that, that they will know me in a much more intimate I- intimate sense. And then you connect that with Ezekiel 36 um, from verse 26, which says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you, yeah. connecting with uh, there with Jeremiah. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and laws. Now, this is all forward-looking stuff. And we we can trace this all the way back. I mean, this has got a direct line. The thread that the prophets are talking here (coughs) goes all the way back to Moses. Yeah. You know, Moses prophesied about yeah. the same thing about yeah. the, about the hearts, yeah. and that thread and the and the promises that Moses was was talking about is a thread that goes all the way back to Abraham. Yeah, that's right. Where God said He's going to He's going to bless the nations of the world. That's through right. This. Yeah. So even even the very sign of circumcision had a um, a prophetic prefigurative uh, thing because the emphasis always circumcise your hearts. Yeah. That's that's. And this is actually what that is. Yeah. It's, in a sense, the circumcision of the heart uh, that is, um, uh, in a sense, that work of the Spirit in indwelling our hearts in such a way so that we know the Lord, yeah. so that the, in a sense, the walls are pulled down. Yeah. There's that. Uh, it's a very, it's a, it's a very graphic illustration. Yeah, it is. Circumcision yeah. of cutting away yeah. flesh. To get to the sensitive heart yeah. of the now again we don't want to dwell on the on the graphic yeah. on the graphic uh, you know uh, what do you call it you know anatomy of yeah. of, of the circumcision but the point there and the God, and we're, we're, look to be honest we're probably more prudish now even in our day and age yes uh, uh, you know I think Christians are more prudish about this than Old Testament oh, 100%. The Old Testament people ever were hundred percent but the, but the point the point being is that God wanting to have this relationship and and. You know, prophesying about it through the prophets, it is he knows that it is something that we cannot muster ourselves. Yeah, that's the point yeah, of the old, right. co- old covenant. Yeah, and that the the Holy Spirit must come. It must be an act of God in us. Yeah, that's right. To yeah. to to have this new relationship. And, um, and as it says here in Jeremiah, and the repeated statement throughout the Bible in terms of what does God most want, yes, uh, the repeated yes. statement, I will be their God and they will be me, oh. my you know, uh, I will be with them. I, and there's a sense in which, you know, how close does God want to be? Uh, he actually wants to indwell our hearts. Yes. That's how close uh, God wants to be. And that's what we see. And of course... Um, in in these prophecies, there is that element, that element of intimacy. They will n- they will know me, each one of them. Yeah. Um, 
in this very intimate sense. That's and that's what that's what Peter says in Joel two, like when yeah. he quotes Joel two yeah, on the day right. of Pentecost. Yeah. He says, you know, it's your old men, it's your old women, it's your young men, it's your young. That's men. It's right. The slave. It's everyone. It's a slave yep. in your household. It's every no no delineation to how the Holy Spirit wants to draw us all in together yeah, into this right. new thing. And so so that's that that brings me to the, to I guess the other aspect of this is that there's that relational element it brings this greater intimacy this yes. sense of of god's what is envisaged in these in in these prophecies is you know i will put i will give you a new spirit and move you to follow my Amen. Th- there's this sense that there is this uh wh- whilst we're locked in in a certain um uh way of living and our desires are in a sense captive to sin yes. as uh, as we uh, understand that's the whole problem with the law and the inability to keep the law there's yeah. a problem with the hearts yeah. the role of the holy spirit is in a sense to give us uh, a choice in some sense uh, it's to put the very desires of god to have the very desires of god in our own hearts yeah. so that there's a sense of of the will is kind of unlocked from that one corrupt option where, where everything is corrupted. Not, not, and it's not to say that you know the Bible was never saying that everything anyone ever does is all, uh, you know, is all it's it, it always wrong. It's more that everything is tainted in some sense by yes. uh, these underlying uh, sinful motives. Uh, Matt, dare I, dare I say it this way that that part of the holy, the part of this new dynamic of the church, of us as Christians, of us having the indwelling Holy Spirit, is that the Holy Spirit even gives us a taste of what is possible. Yes, that's right. A yeah. taste of the a taste of what's to come. Yeah. You know, in in uh you know, in this relationship where we were once locked into yeah. this pathway, now with the Holy Spirit we we yeah. we can see that's right. And so, you know, in in the um uh you know, Paul in his epistles, uh, you know, in Galatians and Romans talks about living by the Spirit. Do not live by the flesh, yes. but live in accordance with the Spirit. So there's yeah. a sort of choice there. So you could you could choose these lower corrupt desires. There's a sense in which they're even still there. Yes. Uh, but that we, we, in a sense, starve them out by rather than choosing that, whereas previously that was the only choice that we had. And again, it's not saying that everything that anyone that doesn't, yes. uh, you know, uh, any non-Christian, that everything that they do is bad. That's not saying there's, it's more um, uh, that there's, there's, a, there's that, those seeds of corruption in there. Everything you know, is broken. It's the God yeah. complex. It's yeah. that underlying problem. Yeah. Uh, but now he's saying, but live according to the spirit. So we have this other option. There's this, uh, this kind of other current that we can, um, step into yep. that draws us along in a different direction and gives us the strength uh, to live in a different way. So that's that's the other thing. Then, then um, in in addition to that, there's the empowering element of this to actually empower us to um, uh, for in a sense mission. Yes, um, not in a sense, but to empower us for mission, and and that actually. Um, is is a big aspect of what we see in Joel chapter two because the uh, the emphasis in Joel chapter two, uh, as it says here, and afterwards I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Again, this is looking forwards to this new age yes. of the spirit. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men, uh, will, your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. In other words, it's saying that what that the spirit 
you know, who was initially only given to like the prophets. Yes. This same empowering spirit is, yes. is to be given to all people. Yeah. Um, so there's a sense in which, as you look uh, at, at the Old Testament, certainly the Holy Spirit is active in this empowering sense. Yes. But it's the, you know, it's the priests and the kings and the prophets that are that are anointed. The, 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 you know, going through the Book of Judges at the moment, I'm reading. You know, again, it's oh, these spirit came upon, upon such them. and such a person to do a certain thing. Yes, temporary, temporary, and of course, and, but then we get someone like David upon whom the spirit came permanently. But again, that's David, and he's the king, king. and and there's yeah. a it's a unique thing. He's you see up. this with prophets, you yes. know, like Elijah, and they have this anointing that seems to remain can, on them. So th- the point here is that this is saying that there's coming a time when that anointing of the Spirit, that empowering of the Spirit to be prophets, as it were, to the nations yes. is to be on all God's people. And, of course, we've been looking on in the book of Acts and yes. seeing how this, at first, they're amazed. Oh, wow, we're, we're all filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow, this is amazing. But then, oh, hang on, it's the Samaritans as well? No, no, it can't be. Yeah. Yes, it's the, and but yeah. surely not the Gentiles. Yeah. And you know, gentles, surely yeah. just okay. Maybe the Samaritans because they're kind of half caste. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the Gentiles as yeah, well. Yes, yes, even the Gentiles, yep. uh, Gentile believers as well. Yeah, it's an, the, the yeah the holy the, the Holy Spirit bringing more. Now a little little sidebar for us here because Matt, sometimes we use language as Christians, and even those who are new to the church can be go, oh man, you're using words I don't understand. Yeah. The phrase "new covenant," yes, is okay. a bit is a bit churchy. Okay. It's a bit it's a bit super spiritual. Old covenant, new covenant. We don't walk around talking about covenants anymore, really. Uh, well, I mean, well, we do I mean, some legal things, yeah, but for yeah. the average Joe, how yeah. would how would you d- define that in a way that yeah. people people can understand? Um, so a covenant is a binding oath. Yeah. Um, that's basically what promise. Yeah. It's 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 a promise, but it's it's. Um, it's a promise that one formally binds oneself to. Okay. So, uh, uh, you know, you can have so illegally there are covenants. Yes, um, and it, it's not just a, a verbal promise that you make. A but in some sense, it's a contract. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, the and this is actually the amazing and very unique thing I may say about the biblical faith yeah. is that it is a covenant from the start. God makes a covenant with Abraham and with his offspring. And and so by this covenant, God, by initially God binds Himself yes. to do certain things for His people. Yeah. So it's it's not just that, and this is the significance of covenant, as opposed to just promises. God has not just made promises, but He has bound Himself by an oath to fulfill those promises. And in the case of Abraham in Genesis 15, he uses a, a common covenant-making ceremony uh, to, you know, to do that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, and a covenant is two ways, isn't it? Well, like a contract well initially, be- uh, the, the covenant with Abraham, the theologians refer to that, or biblical scholars refer to that as a unilateral covenant, because actually he just, God says, oh, this is what I'm going to do, yeah. and I'm going to bind myself to this. Yeah. Um, later on we get the bilateral element to that okay yes. so if you want to walk in this you you and your people if you want to walk in the blessing of this yes um so the everlasting the unconditional part is god saying i am binding myself to this people yes. you know what i mean yeah but if you personally in you know in, in old testament times if you personally uh wanted to benefit from the blessing that was unconditionally given to that people yeah 
then you would need to uh, fulfill your side of the covenant. So that's where each generation, uh, through the temple sacrifices, would yes. make their covenant with God. So it's the same with us as Christians. So God uh, has made, in a sense, an unconditional covenant with respect to the church, right? Yeah. God has promised that the gates of hell will not prevail against his church and that there's, there's an... All un- who believe will be... Right. Part, yep. That's right, yep. So, but... I, though, have to choose, am I going to be a part of that? Am I going to benefit from that unconditional promise? And how do I signify that? Through baptism. Yeah. So it was uh, through... uh, through the temple sacrifice and through circumcision, that that each you know generation was committed to this covenant under the uh, under the old uh, under the old covenant. Yes, baptism is the is is our way of saying, I am first of all acknowledging God's covenant with me. Yes, but I'm meeting God in this. I'm I'm committing myself to this as well. So that's yeah. that's the idea of covenant. Now, uh, you know, Jesus at the Last Supper uh, makes, and this is what we celebrate in the Lord's Supper. We celebrate the co- the new covenant, covenant that Christ makes with the church. The new contract. The, the new, new contract. Legally That's binding right. promise. So when I take the bread and the wine, I'm it's it's whereas baptism is that one off thing. I'm yes. I'm stepping into this covenant community. Uh, the Lord's Supper is a covenant reconfirmation ceremony, essentially. <laughs> it's, it's the, I'm glad we don't call it that. We're yeah. now having the covenant, covenant re, reconfirm, reconfirmations. What's wrong with that? I, I like that. <laughs> I think communion has a better ring to it. But, yeah, anyway. okay. but essentially that's what we're doing is that we're, we're reconfirming. We're saying, yes, I, I am yes. I'm choosing to step, you know, yes. to step into this. Yeah. Okay, so, so the, the question then is... Uh, okay, so we have an old covenant, and the, the the Old Testament looks forward to a new covenant. And Jesus, at, when he institutes the Lord's Supper, you know, says talks about making, and this is the new covenant yes. in my blood. So the question is, what is new about the new covenant? Uh, and the key thing that is new about the new covenant, I mean, there is there is a sense that we live, uh, we live after Jesus' the, death. Jesus, uh, death and resurrection. Yes, yes. but. Uh, actually, that brings about s- something new for us, and of course, that is uh, the indwelling Holy Spirit in yep. the sense of these, uh, 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 or, or what we might refer to as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes, uh, which it's sometimes referred to that. This is uh, it's not always referred to to it that way, but sometimes it's referred to as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yep. So we can speak about it in that sense. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the is what's new about the new covenant. It, it, in a sense, what, what is the difference between a Christian and your average Old Testament person? Yeah. It, actually, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that yes. uh, is the thing that makes us uniquely new covenant Christian in that sense. And, and I'll even go, can I even refine it one even shorter, yeah. even smaller? It's the indwelling work of the Holy Spirit that makes a difference. That's right. You know, I mean, again, you're using the phrase baptism of the Holy Spirit because that is sometimes used yeah. in Scripture. And an important point that we're really realising mm-hmm. out of the book of Acts, but it's also out of all the writings of the New Testament, uh, and for those of us who are OCD or like everything in a neat line, yeah. this is Jesus sort of warned us about this, about yeah. the Holy Spirit when he yeah. talked to Nicodemus. Yeah. Uh, it can't be, you can't, you know, yeah, rule yeah, it all right. up yeah. like that. We see that the work of the Holy Spirit is unique, mm. In different circumstances, yep. 
often, you know, using different language around different yeah. things, you know, describing it in different ways. There's not one uniform way yeah, to right. be described all the time. The only uniform thing that we can say about this new covenant or this new experience of the church or this new age of the church, or even if we go yeah. old school and say this new dis- dispensation yeah. that is the church yeah. age, yeah. is the work of the Holy Spirit as a living organ, like creating a new living organism, yeah, that's right. which yeah. is the church. Yeah, that's right. And so, and it happens in different and, ways. And, and this is in Paul's teaching. Uh, he he emphasises the fact that we were all given the one spirit to drink. He says we, we were yep. all uh, baptised in the one spirit, you know. And um, in fact, he says in, uh, it's in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, I think, you know, f- we, we were all uh, baptised in the one spirit uh, to become part of the one church yeah. you know yeah um so so it's actually the baptism in the holy spirit that brings us th- that brings about this community and paul is always emphasizing the fact that we have our unity in in this uh in the fact that we were all baptized in one spirit you yeah. know so but then the outworking of that then he goes from unity yeah. to multiplicity yeah, yeah we're yeah. all different and so uh, the Holy Spirit works uh, in different ways, so we're going to we're going to go on and talk about that we're, in, we're gonna, in so, a moment. So that's a great big picture of what we want to yeah. talk about in that. So one of the first questions that have, that is coming up, you know, as we're going through the Book of Acts, and and this brings up so many different, um, you know, people's experiences and people what they've been taught, and different cultural practices and stuff yeah. like that, is, you know, the pattern. You know, because you know God's given us these brains that are pattern recognizing yeah, yeah. machines, yeah. and we want to make a pattern out of what we see in the Book of yeah. Acts. And I'm yeah. I'm pushing back against that and saying, yeah. hang on, I think part of the point here is that there isn't a pattern. The only one unifying pattern is that we are all brought into this yeah, church that's by right. the yeah. one Spirit. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. So, but but some people are saying, well, hang on, these group of believe these were a group of believers waiting and tarrying on the Lord or praying or having this, you know doing this prescribed activity and then the Holy Spirit came upon them yeah. and they had an outward sign of this, yeah. you know, you know, whatever it is. Uh, is that the same pattern for all believers ever? Mm. Is that the same pattern for me today? Is, you know, my church has taught me that the the second I asked Jesus into my heart, I received the Holy Spirit. My church taught me the minute I went down into the baptismal waters, I received the Holy mm. Spirit. My church taught me that I had to experience this uh, gift of uh, speaking an unknown language to show mm. a sign of, of you know. Yep. So there's all these different cultural practices. So I guess if there is a problem we want to not maybe solve today. I don't know if we can, but maybe we want to flesh out a little bit. What does the Bible say about this? Yeah, absolutely. So the interesting thing is in the book of Acts is that uh, it happens differently every time. (laughs) There actually simply is no pattern uh, in the book of Acts. And, and, uh, yes, you're right. We're very dogmatic creatures. We we like, you know, step one, step two, step three, and it's always a mistake. This is, you know, the, the Holy Spirit, um, is is a person with whom we have a relationship, and Amen. and it and that the outworking of that can be different for for each person. But there are some biblical important biblical principles, and yes. I think let's let's um, look at some of those biblical principles, yeah. and and then we can talk about how the the multiplicity yeah. and the different experiences. 
So uh, in w- when we get to the New Testament uh, around these promises, and this brings us to the talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we, we, we have... Um, we have John speaking about this, first of all, uh, in Matthew chapter 3 from verse 11. Uh, John says, I baptize with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Okay, yeah. So Jesus, now uh, theologically, and we may have brought this up when we talked about uh, the, uh, the Trinity, yeah. we talk about the Holy Spirit in terms of the Spirit of God the Father, but also the Spirit of Christ. Paul Amen. talks about the Spirit of Christ. Exactly. And there is a sense that, uh, and and certainly you get this sense in the book of Acts, that the, the, the risen and exalted Christ, who sit at the right hand of the Father, pours out the Holy Spirit upon his church. And it, and is, it, it is uniquely the Holy Spirit, but also uniquely his Spirit. That's right. And so Paul talks about the... The, the mystery of Christ in, in me, a, yes, in, yes, in referring to the, the the indwelling Holy Spirit, he talks about Christ in me, right? Mm. So, um, and and how is Christ in us? Via by, the Holy Spirit, by the via the Holy Spirit. So you know, we talk about when we you know um, we invite someone to uh, receive Jesus for yes. the first time. We talk about inviting Jesus into their hearts, yeah. right? Yeah. How does Jesus come and dwell in our hearts by his Holy Spirit, right? So this is what John is talking about when he talks about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, So he will baptize you. This is Jesus uh, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And of course, in Pentecost, uh, we have the that moment where the flames of fire fire is a symbol of the. You know, you know, uh, I'm going to. You God. know, I always push back about this same passage every time you bring it up. I oh, say yeah, the yeah. Same okay, thing. go. Well, I believe in the context of that. Yeah. John is talking about judgment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah, I, yeah. and look, and I, and I'm, you know, and like we well, like. No, no, like, no, I think you're, that that's a valid point. And yeah. I like. I, I know we're big enough to say it can have multiple multitude yeah, yeah, yeah. of meanings in the text. Um, but I believe that the imperative meaning of, of what John is talking about there is in judgment. And so when he says the, the the one coming, Jesus will eventually judge the entire, you know, world, you know, with either those who have the Holy Spirit, and if you don't have the Holy Spirit, fire. Yeah. Because the winnowing, you know, he talks about the winnowing thing is in his hand. He talks. I think there's a context there in what John is talking about as in, okay. as in judgment. Yes. Okay. Yes, there could be that dimension to it. I'm interpreting this in the light of the uh, uh, an Old Testament pattern where whenever the Holy Spirit fills the tabernacle or the temple, yes, the the fire of God comes and consumes the sacrifice. So there's a sense in which in the the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the fire of God consuming the sacrifice in yeah. a sense, but we are that sacrifice. Yeah. So yeah. so um given that what w- the whole idea here is that we ourselves become temples of the Holy Spirit. This is the indwelling Holy Spirit means that yes. the Holy Spirit dwells not in a building, yeah. but in the hearts of people. Um, and so, you know, the symbolism of fire uh, is connected with that. But you're right, it, it, there's a sense of... And again, uh, like I always say, there's multitude meanings because one of the meanings that I've, I've, again, going back and studying that passage and looking at it, I sort of walked away with going exactly like you said, like the idea of sacrifice the fire of God, you know, in the in the part of sacrifice is a sense of us being burned up as well. Yeah. You know, there's a judgment in us being a sacrifice because we're, yep. you know, 
I think I, I think the the act of burning away yeah. what the Holy Spirit doesn't want in our life is part of that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, it's, it's, it, it can be a bit deeper. Anyway, yeah, yeah. We, we're sidetracking. No, no, that's fine. So in um, uh, John chapter 16, uh, which I'm just pulling up now, yeah. um, Jesus says, you know, it's for your good that I'm going away. Yes. Um, because if I go away, I will send the comforter or the counselor, the paraclete, yep. uh, you know, to you. Uh, and so th- there, there is this sense of, um, yeah, the, in- the indwelling Christ, uh, that, that the whole purpose of Jesus um, sending the Spirit is to really create the church. Yeah. Now, this is important when we come to the gifts of the Spirit, yes. uh, because the gifts of the Spirit are very much focused on mutual edification, according, to the, uh, according to the teachings uh, of Paul. Um, so... Um, I've quoted from that pretty accurately. I was just checking <laughs> up on my, just checking up on my, on my yeah. quote. So, well, so, we, so, so, so it brings us to the place where we, we have an understanding, and we probably should take a break around, around about yeah. now, but we, we have an understanding that this new covenant is the church. Yeah. But it, yeah, that's right. Can yeah, I yeah. interchange those two, two? Can I interchange that phrase with just saying church? I mean, I know I'm sort of pushing, yeah. pushing, you know, the envelope a little bit here. But when I, when I, I, I would rather just say, but I know church has a lot of different meanings for the. Yeah. But this, this thing of the church, is, you know, the outworking of this new covenant of the Holy Spirit, indwelling people to build one new living organism. Yeah, that's right. For Christ. To be all over the world. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, which which of course has local, you know, localized expressions, and that's yes. very clear in, in the New Testament. So yes, and of course the the Greek word for church is ecclesia, which literally means called out ones. Mm. I think that's very appropriate because um, the Old Testament Israel, the nation, really was constituted at that moment where they were called out of Egypt. Yeah, and uh, and the New Testament church is in a sense also called out of captivity in in a sense. And, I love it. Um, you know, Paul in Ephesians chapter two says that you know w- you know we were once alienated from God, but we were now members, parts of the household of God, and together we're being built up yeah. uh, to become a, a holy temple uh, in, in which God dwells by his spirit. Yeah. goes on to say that. So, um, All right, well, let's, let's take a quick break. Yep. We're going to sort of now, we've got that basic understanding. We can now go and have a look at, a, you know, maybe specifically some of these other, other points around. The, around the, I don't know if we're going to get through all of this in one episode, man. That's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll go and we'll talk a little bit about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, okay. and where, where we can expect how uh, something about the nature of that. But anyway, let's have a break. On. Take let's your little, <laughs> take your break. I know why we need a break, but take your break. Go We've on. We've got some very important information <laughs> yeah, coming sure. up in this break. <laughs> sure Don't listen do. to Matt. Don't sure fast do. forward. Don't yeah, fast forward. Fast forward. No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in a moment here on Thrive Perspectives. <laughs>
Hey there, family. Now listen, don't listen to Matt. I know you're not going to fast forward. <laughs> don't listen to Smarty Pants. Uh, he's not with me while I'm doing this. I, I record these little bits after he's, he's he's gone. You know, that's why it's all, always an exception if he's actually here for these uh, middle bits, as I call them, the little break that we have. So don't listen to him. Don't, don't fast forward. This is important information that I have to share with you. Now, thank you so much for listening to this episode 36 of Perspectives. Uh, I'll warn you right now, I think this is going to be part one of a series that we're going to be talking about around the Holy Spirit and what he does in the church. And uh, sort of very much like the Holy Spirit, it wasn't really a planned thing. I think it's just happened as, <laughs> as Matt and I were talking. Now, I love the fact that Matt and I are able to, um, you know, follow where the Spirit leads in these in these teaching, uh, you know, exercises that we do around these podcasts. And we cannot do this. We cannot be obedient to where God is calling us without your faithful help. It's part of what the Holy Spirit does in building up this new covenant creation of the church. You be faithful in where he's calling you and we will do our very best to be faithful to him. The reason why I say all that is I'm going to challenge you right now to give financially to what we do in Thrive. So if you feel that this has been a blessing to you, if you feel that you enjoy what we do in both Thrive Deeper, Thrive Perspectives, if you enjoy the Thrive Daily Reading Guide booklets, if you've uh, liked what we've done around uh, the Thrive Deeper Places, Matthew and his book in, in you know the teaching around that, and we've got some other really interesting projects coming up. Thrive Topics is about to happen as well. Thrive Equip is is another part that we're going to do. We've got we're working on some great stuff. We can't do all these things to help you with your Christian walk unless faithful, generous people step into the gap to the financial gap that we have to do what we need to do. So please consider giving financially. You become a monthly supporter to us. We add you into a special supporter private group that we have on Facebook. You know, if you want to get involved with us there, we're going to be building that up as we go. So please consider giving financially. You can do that at thrivetoday.tv. Look for the orange donate button. I think it is orange at the moment. Orange donate button at the top of the page. Hit that and you can become a monthly supporter for whatever amount that you want. All right. Now, thank you so much for not fast-forwarding, not listening to Matthew. Well, you know, I want you to listen to Matthew for the rest of the time, but not at that point there, not when it comes to this middle bit. Let's get back into this discussion right now on episode 36 of Thrive Perspectives. Perspectives. Thank you so much for not fast-forwarding in that break. And, did, you uh, fun, did you have fun in we that had a great break, time. did you? It was a great time. You <laughs> missed out because you weren't in that break with us. But anyway, let's come yeah. back to it. We're talking about the amazing mind uh, cannot hold the, mm. the amazing mysteries yeah. of the work of the Holy Spirit in this mm. new covenant, this church age that we are in. And we, we're talking about this because we're going through the book of Acts in the deeper series right now. And there's a lot of questions coming out, especially around this phrase, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yep. So, you know, people mean different things. 
you know, I might, I, I could use the phrase the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I know what I mean. Yeah. But someone else growing up in this culture, yeah, they so, have something yeah. totally different. So you, we've often you get some people saying, no, this is something that that we receive at uh, conversion. Yes. Uh, other people, no, this is something that we receive subsequent to conversion. Yeah. The answer, quite simply, is both of those things. Uh, and uh, and and why there needs to be those two positions, um, and in fact, you even get those two things happening. You get it in the Book of Acts, even as people, uh, uh, you know, for example, in Cornelius's household, as they're hearing the message, yeah. you know, they're, they're they're baptized in the yeah. Holy Spirit, and then yeah. they get baptized, right? Yeah. And then you, and then, uh, so so you get, you, you, as I said, there's you can't. There's no formula. Yeah, there's no formula, there's no in, formula. In, in the book of Acts. Yeah. Um, so, but initially, certainly, this is uh, very much part of, a crucial part of what it actually even means to be a Christian as opposed to an Old Testament Israelite. Yeah. You know, we, we, you don't come into the Old Covenant and then go into the New Covenant. Yeah. No, we become Christians. The, the, the idea that Jesus dwells in our hearts uh, of, of course, as we've said, Jesus dwells in our hearts by his Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh, this is what is unique uh, about the new covenant. Now, uh, can, is it worth pointing out here, Matt, that when we're looking at the book of Acts, especially the first half of the book of Acts, um, is it's a unique period of history. Yeah. Like it's a unique mm-hmm. part of the time. Because it's transitional from old covenant to new covenant. Yeah. That's right. And, and there is, you know, this is during the life of the original apostles, yeah. the life of the apostles who were the foundation of the church, yeah. the church had to be unified and one and everything underneath them. Yeah. And that is why we see a pattern of these, you know, different circles or rings yeah, like yeah. around a tree yeah. type of thing. As the gospel message goes out and pulsates out to a new yeah. group of people, yeah. they have this unique experience of the Holy Spirit Usually under the watchdog of the apostles, that's right, yeah. so it is all within checks and balances, yeah, and we right. don't have we don't have. And so that they witness out. it too, because yeah. it's very important that they're witnessing what's happening. Yeah. God wants them to actually see. So, you know, there's a sense in which God withholds that, so that they can actually see. Uh, in the case of the Samaritans, you yeah. know, they were baptized into Christ, but they had not yet received uh, the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, there's a sense in which in that transitional time, God wanted the leaders to actually see, I am giving them the Holy Spirit too. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and uh, and then again, you get that same thing with Cornelius' household with the Gentiles. Yeah. It was, you know. Later on, we get the disciples of John. We, we get, get the, the disciples yeah. of John. So that it's this transitional uh, phase. Let's not make a pattern out yeah. of that. Amen. Uh, because the I certainly the ideal, uh, s- s- you know, I mean, and in a very important sense, uh, to actually become a Christian is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's actually what it means to or be filled I, with the Spirit of I, Christ. Can I, can I say it this way? To become a Christian, another way to say become a Christian is to be baptized into yeah. the body of Christ via the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's right. And and it, and so yeah. so 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 the practical question for a lot of people are. Depending on the culture, you know, is you know, depending on the culture that they've come up in, is okay, Matt. I understand you. You're saying all these things theologically and biblically. I understand that, but, but, my family, my church that I grew up in, my experience that I had here, yeah, okay, you know, dictated this. So, um, 
And I think w one of the important things to recognise is that um, we're not just talking about an experience here. We're talking about a relationship with a person. Okay, preach it, brother. And uh, and and this is a relationship that begins when we invite Jesus into our hearts. Okay, Jesus by the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in our hearts. Okay. Now that relationship goes forwards in in at different points and in different ways, and there's there can be uh, you know big leaps forward, even experiences of what I would call uh, something like a release of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the the um, Paul even says, "Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't get drunk on wine, but yeah. be filled with the Holy Spirit." Yeah. And and it's a present continuous, like go on being, being filled, filled with the Holy Spirit. Always, so, yeah. That's right. So. So just because you have an experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit does not mean that previous you were a kind of second-class Christian. Yeah. And this is what we've got to be really careful of, that we don't create uh, first- and second-class citizens. And I think, I think what happened uh, during the, you know, the charismatic renewals from pretty much the early 20th century, and particularly you know, in the 70s and 80s, is that uh, you know, the church church um, experienced something wonderful in terms of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Uh, people are being f filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, and and I think um, what they did is that they took probably what was already a very dogmatic way, and particularly in mid-20th century, uh, theology was at a very dogmatic place. Evangelical theology yes. was a very dogmatic place. And what what they did is that they, they often, um, that, that experience didn't fit within the sort of dogmatism of the of the mainstream church at the time. So often they went out and started these new Pentecostal denominations. Yeah. Unfortunately, they took the, the dogmatism and just reapplied it to yeah. their, you know, so, okay, yeah. so so now we're just going to add the baptism of the Holy Spirit onto the end of what uh, uh, in theology you refer to as the ordo salutis in, in Latin or, or the order of salvation, so the yeah. elements of, you know, there's regeneration and there's faith and yeah. and. and and union with Christ, and there's a whole sort of list of things. Yes. And what they did is that they just sort of yeah. tacked that on to the end and made it another step. Yeah, everyone must have this experience. Yeah, as opposed to all of it being part of essentially the same experience, yeah. but all of it unfolding in different ways for different people. Yeah. And often often there can be a significant release of something that's given to us. Mm. Uh, you know, that, that, that um, you know, I mean, I... I use the example of I, I use a big research uh, Bible research program, uh, and and I you know I go online and I buy the program. Let's say I buy a massive major upgrade, right? Yeah. I buy that upgrade. Um, but it's not until you know if I just take my 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 laptop and open up, it doesn't and it's it doesn't my laptop doesn't. Uh, in a sense, I own it, yeah. but it doesn't upgrade until I actually log on to the internet. And 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 often, you know, there's some time involved in in it downloading. And yes. and uh, I mean, I know all, all metaphors fall short, particularly <laughs> when it comes to the Holy Spirit. You know, but there's a sense of I I have something, yeah. but the fullness of that is kind of still downloading, and yeah. and and might do so in 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 stops and starts, or and I don't even want to be too. Um, uh, you know, even that uh, yeah. metaphor falls short. But <laughs> but again, what we've got to remember is that this is a relationship. You think of relationships with people yeah. uh, that that you have, right? You meet someone. Uh, you there's a re there's a relationship. It, let's say a relationship with a spouse, right? Yeah. You, you get married, right? There's your moments like baptism. You know, yeah. uh, we become a. There's a relationship there. But 
there the relationship you can have experiences that that take that relationship and significantly yes. ahead you yeah. know and um and in the case of the holy spirit you know th- there is this phenomena of being filled with the holy spirit and so theologians often talk about one baptism many fillings yes and um uh and and and, and, yeah, and, 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 and it is a great way to do it so it. so to get back to the question of people saying you know getting back to the phrase of the because i really want to put this phrase to bed the baptism of the yeah. holy spirit i want to put that to bed i i i think Theologically, biblically, we can see, we can understand clearly what it means. It means being brought in, called out from the world and brought into this new organism, this new living organism of the church is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Your, uh, for, for some people, your experience of that in the church might be, you know, something very dogmatic, as you said. For example, there is a, and I'm happy to call them this, there is a, a cult around Australia, uh, very prominent in Geelong, that they believe that you are not saved mm. unless you are baptised, you know, baptised in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. With the emphasis on the evidence of speaking in tongues. Yeah, yeah. evidence of speaking. So that is their, that is like a doctrinal statement that they repeat over and over again. When you mm. talk to them, they will have that common phrase that they'll mm. all use and saying, and to the yes, point... Yes, you believe in Jesus, but have you spoken in tongues? Yeah, have you have yeah. you had the, have the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues? It's the phrase that they yeah. use. So much so that when you go to their church service, the baptism tank is on the stage, uh, which is no problem about having a baptism yeah, yeah. tank on the stage. I want to make that clear. And that when people come forward for salvation, Mm. they go in and as they come out of the water, unless they're speaking in, you know, this gift of languages or, Mm. you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, speaking tongues, they will literally turn around to them and say, didn't happen for you. You have to go away, study some more. Maybe you need to repent a little bit and come forward again Mm. next week. And hopefully it happens to you then. I know many people personally who have been evangelized by this by this group of people who've gone to the church for months, Bible studies and everything like that, and gone forward, gone into the tank, come out, and nothing happened, and they will go, well, that was yeah. it. That was church for me. Done that, tried that, see you later. Yeah, well, that, I mean, e- even though, even outside of context where that theology is prevalent, there, there can still be... Uh, a sort of unspoken culture of first yes. and second class uh, Christians. Yeah. Now that's an extreme. Yeah, example that's an extreme that. example. But yeah. but honestly, I, I have I've I have lost count of the number of occasions yes. where I've had Christians, Christian clearly Christians yes. come to me saying, "Oh, I'm not sure if I have the the, the you know the baptism of the Holy Spirit or not." Do I have? And I'm gift? saying yeah. you would. I mean, um, you know, Paul says in in Romans. Uh, um, uh, chapter 8 I, let me Romans chapter 8 verse 9 if anyone does not have the spirit yes. of Christ he does not belong to Christ yeah. in fact this is the very problem that Paul deals with in Corinthians yeah. of course it's the problem of first and second class kind of kingdom citizens it's, yeah. a, it's actually the very problem uh, that he deals with there because in that new in that context uh, those who were who were speaking in tongues, um, you know, were seen to be uh, in some sense, um, uh, because there was this, tra- in the Jewish tradition, um, this sense of speaking a kind of angelic language. And and so there was this sense that, oh, we're, 
we're up there with the angels, so yeah. we're you know we're we're be- better, yeah, we're better, and and oh, you don't have this, so you're not as good. Yeah. So I mean, and so he actually says to uh, to the church in um, uh, verse uh, in verse three, um, of says, I want what you chapter? to uh, of chapter twelve, one yeah. Corinthians twelve. He says, therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord. Except by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So, and, and this is at the beginning of a discussion about the gifts of the Spirit. And the yeah. point he, he's making, it's not that anyone can say Jesus' word, like frame the word. Yes. What he's saying is that you cannot genuinely declare Jesus as your Lord. Yes. Uh, you know, and whoever confesses with their mouth, uh, you know, uh, um, that Jesus is, I mean, that's that's the formula for becoming Christian. Yeah. He says, you can't. Unless you have the Spirit of Christ, you can't even, you can't genuinely declare Jesus as Lord. So let's get that out of the way. He's saying, okay. Yeah. So we all have the Holy Spirit. This is what Paul is saying. Yes. But there are different manifestations of the Holy Spirit and different gifts given to different people. And um, and the eye cannot say to the whatever you know that one yes, part oh. of the body can't say to another, "I have no need of you." Or let's just such an important uh, you know, metaphor. Recognize the, the differences. So he's actually dealing with the problem of this sort of first and second class citizens, and unfortunately, um, a lot of and and th- this is where I think it's important to just be. While I'm while I think that subsequent experience of the Holy Spirit is very it. it Actually, is crucial as well. You know, subsequent. We have. Let me. Let, let me. Do, okay. But but that, let yeah, me finish yeah, yeah. my <laughs> sentence. But I don't. I don't want to. Cre- it's very important that we don't use that to create yes. uh, first and second class kingdom of God. You know, Christians. Uh, and so I think it's important that we understand that it's actually the baptism of the Holy Spirit is yeah. that is, is what actually makes us uh, Christians in the new covenant sense. Amen. But then. With after one baptism, there are many fillings, and so the subsequent—I mean, you know—it's the subsequent experience and the continual experience that's uh, that that is important. Yeah, important for it, now, it, yeah. it, it, which is the life, which is yeah. the which is the you yeah. know continual. There's so much. Again, I think we, I think we might have to come back for part <laughs> two of this because there's so much left to say. And let me just say right now, if you have questions around this. Um, I know this is a complicated issue for a lot of people. A lot of a lot of people have a lot of different thoughts around it. Please reach out to us. We'd love uh, to follow this up with you, with with you all, and hear your questions and things like that. So, um, I, I think it's important to point out when we get to this this place here about talking about infillings of the Holy Spirit and experience and things like that, because uh, this is where it gets really sticky for some people. This is really mm. gets it can be hurtful. Mm. It can be. Um, you know, wonderful, it can be all these different things, is that we we have the fullness of the Holy Spirit within us once we're saved. Yeah. You know, we don't have, um, you know, again, he's not doling it out. God is not doling mm. it out. And again, this is the amazing thing that Paul teaches, is that th- this, this, this uh, unique new covenant and the spiritual gifts that we have, and the working of the Spirit in our life is from God, mm. the Father, God the Son, yep. and the Holy Spirit working together, yep. building His church up. And That's this is right. the whole point. Yeah. Oftentimes, in my experience, and, 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 and I know in yours, 
the infilling and the experience we have of the Holy Spirit is largely, I will say 99% of the time, largely due to me getting out of the way of what he wants to do in mm. my life. It's a yielding, it's a giving yeah. over of myself. Yeah, that's right. It's it's an understanding of what he wants to do, not me. Now, I'm gonna, I might say something wrong. This is an that. important point you make because this essentially is what makes way for the filling of the Holy Spirit. I, I believe this, this, is, this is something that is, I, I, I've got a problem with, and I'm probably going to say it in the negative way, and I don't want to say it in the negative way, but Matt, correct me here. I believe that sometimes the, the work in the person of the Holy Spirit in a lot of the popular churches in the West and what we see is sort of seen as a thing or an experience or a power, an impersonal force mm. yeah. that we can somehow yeah. do some sort of rain dance for yeah. and and bring him down and make it happen, and I'm like, I believe it's qu- quite <laughs> opposite to that, where yeah. it's where he is here saying, no, 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 please, I'm here, ready to work. Just let me work in your life, and 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 obey what I'm already yeah. telling you to do, and I'm here to, here to empower you. And it's usually, at least in in my experience, yeah. and I'm coming at it from a different way, very subtle, very quiet, very long process, not. A dramatic one-off, and I don't want to again. Yeah, yeah. That's my experience. Yeah. Well, well, well let me, uh, you know, um, bring it back to what you said. We're not talking about a power or, or, or a thing. Uh, this is a relationship with a person. Yes. And um, and I think that's what helps us move this away from. It's experiential. Relationships are experiential. Yes. But it moves us away from just experience you know, a sensational experiences and to something that is constant. So, uh, so th- there's a sense, in, and of course, uh, the great metaphor, the other metaphor that's used of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament is, of course, that in Ezekiel 47, the river flowing oh. uh, out of the temple. Yeah. Uh, and Beautiful. Jesus talks about, you know, uh, the water that I give you will become a spring flowing yeah. up to, to eternal life. Uh, and, and so... There's this sense of a constant flow. Yes. Uh, it's not just a, a burst of experience and then nothing yeah. and a burst of experience and then no-, no. There's a constant flow. It's like uh, this constant interchange. Um, and, and I think it's important to recognize that it's like that. Now, there, there can be moments of sort of burst because, the, the, I mean, we, we, we can um, block up that flow. Yes. You know, we can quench the spirit. It, it talks about quenching Amen. the spirit. And I think uh, experiences that people have of a release of the spirit yeah. is often not because the Holy Spirit didn't want to fill them initially, but yeah. because there have been things there that have quenched the Holy Spirit or kind of blocked that flow in some sense. And so it's often through, which is the other important work of the Holy Spirit, which is that conviction of sin and, oh. and that... that you know, it's the removing of the obstacles that that, um, and, and sometimes it can be, you know, the, the willingness even to receive from someone, have someone pray for me, have, you know, wh- wh- whatever, you know. You're getting into. You, I, I think you're getting into the second part of what we want to talk about here. But yeah, I, but yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm with you 100. percent you see what I'm saying? Yes. Like it's it's a, uh, it's a, it's we, a we personal to, relationship. Yeah, it's it's a personal relationship, and it's a constant thing. And it 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 actually can happen. It it can be quenched. You know, yes. it, it's uh, like all relationships. You know, we can we can um, shut God out. You know, uh, or as it 
you know, as otherwise is said, we can quench the spirit. And so there can be these most significant moments of release. Sometimes even just providentially, that, you know, that there can be times where God uh, pours something into our lives, something new and something fresh yeah. uh, that is significant for whatever the next stage is. I think it's really important that we that we allow for that variation and but most of all for the constancy yeah. uh of of this uh, of this experience I, I, yeah I, I i agree with you matt i i would i would add one more thing on top of that is it's an attitude or a perspective to, to use to use what we talk about it's an attitude of, of our heart of our mind it's a perspective of how we see ourselves yeah. and, the, and the church and the world more than you know a, a yeah, formula yeah. a yeah that's right spell yeah. I, i'm going to use words you know i often yeah. think sometimes i go to some churches and it's like man they're they're saying the same thing over and over again it's like they're trying to say yeah, a like spell there's a, yeah, there's a, a magic formula yeah. that's going to make it yeah, happen no and i'm formula. like i know for my well, we see we see in the book of acts there's no formula in the book of acts is different every single time and those and we see again in the story of si- of simon the 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 wizard the yeah, magician yeah that when someone comes along and thinks that there is a way to tap this power, be gone. Yeah, there is no yeah, way, you know, you, yeah. you, you have to give yourself over to it. So I think what you were getting uh, onto before, though, when you were talking about surrender is an important point because yes. it raises the question, you know, how how are we filled with, with the Holy Spirit? What what makes way for us to be filled uh, with the Holy Spirit? And, and s- surrender is exactly the thing. This is the living sacrifice yes. principle. Uh, and, and it relates to what I was saying previously about the, the, the idea of the fire of God consuming the sacrifice. Yeah. You know, I think there's a wonderful imagery in the sacrificial system in the Old Testament when the sacrifice was put on the altar. And this is what Paul alludes to in Romans chapter 12 when he says, Therefore, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. He's evoking the imagery of the burnt offering, yeah. which was when put on the altar, was burnt up completely. This is what I was getting uh, at before. And, exactly. and, the, and the smoke would ascend and it would become a, a, a pleasing. Or a, so there was a se- sense in which there was a, a sense of an ascent to God, a yes. spiritual ascent to God, uh, a sense of being released from the flesh mm. and ascending uh, to commune with God. And this this is what the smoke kind of symbolized. And so there's this wonderful imagery of when we put ourselves on the altar, when we offer ourselves as living sacrifices, yeah. uh, then, then we are in a sense consumed uh, as God consumes the sacrifices, and this is what we see when the tabernacle is dedicated, and then again the temple in the time of Solomon, you know, we you have this very obvious imagery of the fire of God coming and consuming the burnt offering uh, that is that is offered, and that's us. That's that's what God God is calling us to put ourselves on the altar of surrender and sacrifice to give ourselves wholly to Him. And that is what really leads. That's the that's the, the the main way in which we make way for this experience of filling, uh, the filling of the spirit. There's a great little book, by the way, called How to Be Filled with the Spirit by A. W. Tozer. Great book. Uh, and uh, and and this is a a point that he stresses. Now, you know, and and I think there's something within us that just wants the quick and the sensational. Oh, no, it, just give me a formula. Give me. A, can I? Uh, you know. Uh, just get someone to say, say some words. No, actually, you cannot buy... Like, that's... I mean, look, praying for people, mm. 
is is important. There, there, there is a sense in which, uh, and and we see this in in the New Testament. There is there is a sense in which we can pray for each other to be filled with the Spirit. Yeah. Okay, um, and and we should do that. Uh, uh, but th- that's not to make a formula. It's not like I mean, this is essential, isn't it? This is what Simon uh, the magician wanted. He wanted the power yes. to be able to just go. Bing, yeah. and, and people have this experience. And, and we live in, this is a point that I did not think we would get into this episode, Matt, but you brought it up. Um, we live in a world today that is shortcut to expertise. Mm. You know, like, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 buy yeah, my yeah, book, yeah. listen to this podcast, buy my series, have this, you know, go yeah. on this retreat and you'll become an instant expert yeah, type of thing. Yeah. And I believe that that has sadly infiltrated yeah. the church where we sometimes will say, you know, we, we, in, I heard a wise man once say that this walk with Christ, yeah. this, this walk, yeah. Christian walk is all, is a lifelong walk yeah. up a long mountain, you know, yeah. <laughs> and we never arrive. When we arrive, it's when we enter glory. Yeah. There is no arriving down here. Yeah. But sometimes, I, we can get a sense that we've arrived when we've received some experience, some spiritual experience from someone, mm. you know, uh, from the front. And, I, and it's like a shortcut to, to, yeah. and, and, to, to yeah, life. Yeah. And I, I don't like it. That's right. And when it, is a, when it is a shortcut, because, you know, receiving and being prayed for by people is, I think, is a very important part of the Christian life. Uh, but the emphasis is always on that long, continuous process, right? Yeah. It's the continuing flow of the river, so to use that metaphor. Yeah. That's what matters. Yeah. Don't block the river. And so it's that experience of surrender, as, as Tozer emphasizes. It's that experience of putting yourself on the altar, Yes. sense of being consumed with the Spirit, uh, and, and that being uh, a lifelong process. Yeah. And, of course... You know, th- th- there are moments when, for a particular task, or you know, um, you know, there are moments where I f- have felt uh, particularly equipped by the Holy Spirit in a particular situation, and yeah. and you know, th- there is a sense in which, okay, I'm indwelt by the Holy Spirit, but there is a, there is still that sense in which, you know, I was filled with the Spirit to do a certain thing in, in a in a particular way, and also, you know, th- there. Have, there have been remarkable moments in my life where I've received gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, speaking in tongues and, and prophecy, and which which I didn't have. I'd been a Christian for a long time, and yes. for some reason, the sovereignty of God and this, you know, perhaps was where I was also up to in my growth and this continuous, you know, journey where these things were released into my life. Yeah. Um, uh, so, but I... I I find it really important not to then make a pattern or a formula out of the way that it happened for me and, and it, to say, well, suddenly that's the way that it, ha- it has to happen to you. Because as Jesus said to Nicodemus, you mentioned Nicodemus before, yeah. the wind blows where, yes. where it will. Yeah. Uh, you can't say there it goes and this is where it comes from. And, and it's even important. So it is with the Spirit. And it's even important with the language that you, you just used then, Matt, and I'm not I'm not want to pick you up on this, but... You talk about a growth and a stage where you're at, and the Holy Spirit giving you different gifts, or yeah. for, you know, fulfilling at certain times. Yeah. Your gifts 
and what he gives you as you grow can be completely different yeah. to the gifts that he gives me. Uh, that's right. Different yeah. It's not that you've yeah. reached stage yeah. 12 on a 20-step yeah, stage. Like, oh, I've got this gift. Yeah. Oh, oh, haven't you got this gift? Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So yeah. that's a, I think that's a really important part to make yeah. as well. Um, the... All right, well, we're running long on this one, but I think we need to go to part two because a point that I really want to bring out in this is that the Holy Spirit works uh, individually in our life yeah, and gives us, like, the Bible is full of what he does individually for us, mm. uh, whether that is you know, bringing us into salvation. It is the mm. work of the Holy Spirit that enables us to get saved. Uh you know, the spirit of adoption, the mm. being sealed in the spirit, the being secure in our salvation, all these different things that he does for us individually as a member of this new covenant, as a member of this new living organization. But then the Holy Spirit in the gifts that yeah. he gives us yeah. is, you know, for the for the you know combined effort yeah. of the of the group. Yeah. You know, type of thing. And I think I think and that's, this is where we come to this idea of the body of Christ and the different functions and yeah. so forth. And, yeah, and the, and the different manifestations or the different, you know, the giftings or the all the different ways that He works within us. And I, I this think this is probably where a, a separate episode is is, is going to be uh, warranted, because I, I think I'd want I I would want to hasten to say because often people jump from uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The idea of being then being filled with the Holy Spirit and jumping straight to the gifts of the Spirit. Yeah. When actually the most important thing, this is an ongoing experience where the most important thing the Holy Spirit does for me is to show me where the conflict is in my to bring things to light in my in my heart, yeah. is to uh, inspire me with a love for God and other people, is to uh, seed the hope of glory in my heart, as mm. Paul says, to uh, increase and grow my faith, yeah. uh, to uh, to purge uh, the sin from my. Th- th- this is these are the most yes. important functions of the Holy Spirit, and to bring about what Paul refers to as the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians. I was about to say five. we haven't even we haven't even touched on the fruit of the Spirit, yeah. you know, in, in what He does in our life and in the in in the in the greater body. There. All right, so let, let's wrap it up. I just want to encourage people right now, and Matt, I'll give you the final word, but I want to encourage people right now. If if you've been struggling around the Holy Spirit and whichever background you come from, and we, we might even get into this in the in a future episode. I mean, both of us came from. You know, we both have very different experiences. Uh, you know, in how we've come to you know, how we've come to God, but I, but I, I I came from a very legalistic view of the Holy Spirit, mm. very very you know old school mm. fundamentalist, uh, independent Baptist, uh, conservative view of the Holy Spirit, mm. um, almost to the point where if someone used the phrase Holy Spirit. You know, you're you're sort of getting, what's wrong with you? Is <laughs> you, know, you know, you know that type of thing. Very, and again, yeah. you know, we could talk about the theology all day long, but once it, once it came to an experience, experience was a dirty yeah. word. Yeah. And you know, so out of that, if you might have had an experience like that with me, mm. like, like I did, or 
you might have an, have an experience, and I know many, I've got good, many good friends who grew up in the church where it was all about the Holy Spirit. It was this Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, and they felt like they never were grounded in anything. It was just experience after experience after yeah. experience. There's there's faults yeah. on both sides, what I'm trying to say, and I don't just want to make it simple. It sounds human, doesn't it? it exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what I want to say is spend some time in in just asking the Holy Spirit in your life to take you through his word in the New Testament and get him to show you and teach you what he does yeah. in the believer's life. Yeah. Because as you walk through the New Testament and keep your eyes peeled for yeah. what the Holy yeah. Spirit does, you're going to be encouraged. You're yeah. going to be blessed. Yeah, you That's right. You're going to be you're going to grow and you're going to be secure in this salvation. Yeah. And realize that you're not missing out. Yeah. On, on something that someone you either way wh- yeah. whether it was from the conservative or the or the over yeah. you know you're sort of made to feel like you're missing out in some way where the Holy Spirit is like no no I'm giving you all of this yeah, yeah. that's my encouragement yeah. well I I think I'd want to say just by way of closing don't chase an experience pursue a person uh, is that we are pursuing a deeper relationship with with God uh, we we know God as God the Father. God the Son, God the Holy Spirit who dwells in our hearts yeah. and build that relationship, build into that relationship. Now, it's such a wonderful truth that God is not just out there, but that God would come and dwell in my heart. That m- brings this relationship to a- an almost inconceivable level of intimacy. Uh, and that actually takes some getting used to as well. And uh, and so we need to learn to live by the Holy Spirit. So we we live in relationship with this Holy with, with the Holy Spirit. And but it's very important to recognize this is relational. It's a relationship of love with a person. And um, and you know Paul talks about the this Holy Spirit. You know testifying to our spirit that we are the children of God's wonderful intimacy this is a gift no wonder it's, this is referred to as a gift this is a wonderful gift that we have the moment that we uh that we entrust our lives to jesus christ this is a gift that that you know that that we have and that we can we can uh realize more and more of uh and i encourage you uh, don't just lean back on an experience that you have. Yes. This is, should be continual. Uh, be filled with the Spirit continually. Uh, lean into this and uh, and more and more offering offering yourself as a living sacrifice to God and you will be filled with the Spirit continually and that river will flow and it will bring you life. listening to Thrive Perspectives, we want to hear from you. So send us your big questions and ideas. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, download other shows, see all of our resources and much, much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now visiting the website ratethispodcast.com slash thrive perspectives really helps us reach more people so head to ratethispodcast.com slash thrive perspectives we hope that these shows will challenge you to look at life from a new perspective and thrive thrive
This was another DJP.FM production. <laughs>